Welcome to Weekend in Drumaland. I'm your host, Andrea, and this week, our podcast will be a bit different than usual because I will be going it alone. This will be a solo podcast. This episode is entitled Drama Fever, Vicky, and where do we go from here? Hey guys, so this is Andrea, and this podcast is a bit different from our previous ones in the sense that I'm actually going this episode alone. Now, usually, as you, if you're not new to this podcast, you know that Tiff and I always record together. Well, due to some things in real life, Tiff is currently out of town at a relative's, and I've been kind of going through some personal things as well, which sort of delayed this topic, and I really don't want to beat on a dead horse and continuously be talking about the same thing. So I apologize in advance if the sound quality isn't the best. I'm kind of in the middle of doing things, but I really wanted to record something because Tiff and I always aim to at least have two podcasts out a month. Now, with that said, one of the main topics I wanted to talk about this time was actually drama fever and I know that we've all had time to think and really absorb what's happened because I know for the first week or so it just didn't seem real to me. I spent kind of a, a lot of time just kind of in a in a state of disbelief much like how you're initially grieve when someone you lose in your life, whether it's a friend or family member, you kind of go through the denial stage. And with drama fever, while it definitely wasn't to the extreme, to the extremity of losing somebody, we still lost our cornerstone of Asian dramas. So what exactly does that mean? I don't know. There has been a lot of speculation and debate why it happened. Everyone completely agrees that the way it was handled was extremely terrible. It was an awful business move. Just think, if you're going to pull the plug on a website, you better make sure that you notify the people who are subscribed to this website, who are paying money on this website to watch these dramas. It's not just, oh, this was just plain free access to everyone. No, we're talking, there were probably millions of people who were subscribed and paying money. And it was complete BS the way that it ended. There was no reason from, even from a business standpoint, I don't get it. I understand that Drama Fever was owned by Warner and then Warner Warner was bought out by AT&T and once AT&T acquired Drama Fever they decided to pull the plug just like that. Now to me when I think of something like that happening this isn't a decision that happens 30 seconds after you acquire it and say oh we're going to access this website that is a gateway for millions of international Korean Chinese Japanese all across the world. You know, Canadian, European, so many different people around the world were subscribed to this website and then in a split second it is gone. And as I said, from a business standpoint, like I can understand if you kind of look into the financial history of drama fever. You know, maybe they're looking at ledgers and numbers and maybe they're in the red a lot, which I mean, I can't say. I'm not a financial advisor or an accountant and I have no idea what the uh, numbers were for Drama Fever, to be honest. Like, were they making more than they spent on licensing? We know in the past few years the cost of licensing has skyrocketed with the um, the interest and the explosion in Korean dramas, especially internationally. There is a big, big market for it. And we saw how Netflix capitalized on it and started to add more and more even original content on top of that. Then we saw the three major Korean broadcasting systems form Kokowa with uh, some premium exclusive content, which is available through Viki. But I think we've noticed in the past I see year two that drama fever just wasn't what it was once was. You really noticed that there was a really pitiful offering of dramas. It just seems like they were getting fewer and fewer. And at one point to make up for it, there were a lot of Chinese dramas, which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. 
but as all of the subscribers and everyone who's a fan of dramas that goes there to watch it is going to notice, oh, there's been changes. And of course, in recent months, maybe, the selection wasn't too bad, but it ne wasn't necessarily great either. So when it's all breaking down financially, how was Drama Fever really performing at the end of the day? That I don't know the answer to. And I think no matter which way it went, they already paid for like the licensing for 100 Days, My Prince, The Beauty Inside, all this stuff that they had exclusive rights to. And just in the middle of subbing it, just died. It's like, why, from a business standpoint, would it make sense to license all of these dramas and then decide, oh, this is no longer working. We're just going to pull the plug just like this. We're not even going to finish what, out what we invested in. We're just going to end it. We're just going to piss off a whole bunch of people who are subscribed and paying and create this whole crap storm. And really, that's what it was. A big old crap storm. I'm going to do my best not to swear. So with Drama Fever being gone, what change is this going to create? Is it going to make it harder to, for Vicky, Netflix, and Cocoa, whatever, to have these dramas licensed and available for international viewers? That to me is my biggest concern. The way that Drama Fever ended, is anywhere really safe? That's currently where my mindset is. We've had, this is the biggest, biggest negative change that I've been a part of since I've started watching Korean dramas. And when I sit here and I really think about it, the worry wart in me wonders, is this the, the beginning of more bad things to come. Of course, I certainly hope not, especially because we know there is a huge, huge international market for these Asian dramas. And I'm sure the powers that be are well aware that they can make bank off of our off of us, the international viewers. So the optimistic and positive side of me is really hoping that we see some more positivity coming out in drama world and also that we're seeing more dramas be licensed. Now as you know, Vicky is a volunteer based community. So the people who do the subtitles, they are just ordinary people like you and I who already work, already have their obligations, and they completely volunteer out of the goodness of their hearts to provide subtitles. So my biggest concern is Vicky is probably going to acquire more dramas going forward to help pick up the slack. At least one would imagine. That was naturally my first thought. So Vicky is, I think, a, a great source to watch dramas. I do like their subtitling and their translations, especially when there's searching phrases that even when they're translated, I'm not sure exactly what they mean. Like sometimes, yeah, you explain and the words are there, but I think Vicky does a good job of breaking down 
what it actually means so that any of us international viewers can kind of understand what exactly that phrase means or that metaphor or proverb. So I'm kind of excited to see what new material Vicky will land. Will they be able to juggle it? I don't know. Personally, I really wish that the subbers and even the segmenters and anyone who has any part in getting these subtitles ready for us. I really, really wish that they were compensated for their work. I know it's purely volunteer, but how I feel is they do a lot of hard work and without what they do, Vicky would not be what it is today. Let's just put that out there because without those subtitles, you've got millions of international viewers who have no freaking clue what is being said because that drama is not their native language or they only know bits and pieces of it. And I think one of the advantages Vicky always had over Drama Fever is that they subtitle into so many different languages. Vicky really is all of those different languages that people subtitle into. Whereas on Drama Fever, you had your main like English and Spanish and really didn't have anything else. I think, I think didn't they subtitle in the native language as well? I don't know, I never really paid attention to that because I was always just doing the English subtitles. But I do know Vicky adds a vast array of different languages for all of us to sit back and enjoy. So that is a lot of work from a lot of people. And I don't know how many active segmenters and subtitlers there are, but this is going to be a big, big undertaking if you ask me. Some of the rumors I heard is that Vicky and also Netflix will be supposedly acquiring a lot of Drama Fever's library. Now that just the word on the street. That is not anything that has been confirmed and it has not come from a reputable source. It's just been basically at this point has been a rumor and personally I hope that there is a shred of truth to it because there were a lot of things on drama fever that aren't available elsewhere like I never got around to watching Goblin yes I know you're all upset to hear that but that's one that when it came out I really 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 wasn't in the mood for that style of drama so I threw it on my to watch list and I'm like great I will come back to this when I'm really in the mood to capitalize and enjoy this kind of drama because I'm the kind of person that I know my mood and I can't just watch any old drama as it comes out. I, I have to watch things that really appeal to me and catch my attention at that moment. So of course I'll, I'll go through phases where I want to do nothing but rom-coms. Then I might go through a phase where I'm kind of into cop dramas and procedurals and judge dramas and situations like that. So that said, we lost a great deal of content that was exclusive to Drama Fever. There was like Goblin, The Heirs. I know they had a lot of Running Man and I know Vicky has some of Running Man but I'm not sure if they have all of the rights because I know Drama Fever had quite a few different variety options. <clears throat> and they also had kind of a bunch of like those web dramas in the like uh high-end crush and go host starry night what else was there um there was another one i'm i'm trying to think of and envision it in my brain if i can think of it here okay i can't think of it but regardless there were quite a few and i know some of these like smaller web dramas like nine times uh that nine times infinity time travel 
I can't remember the exact title, but I know I saw that over on Netflix and there were, there were a few things that Netflix did have. I don't know if they still do or if it was yanked when Drama Fever got the axe because I personally didn't check that too, because I don't know if they were working in tandem or what the heck happened because at this point, who knows? Anything can happen in drama land. So I'm just let things be as they may. But I think for me, with Drama Fever being gone, Vicky is my number one. It technically has always been my number one. I did start with Netflix. That is where I first started watching dramas. I watched Playful Kiss and I somehow found Drama Fever through a web search. And I have watched a few dramas there over the years but for some reason when i came across vicky i don't know i guess i was just kind of more drawn to it and i just love the more community aspect with the ability to kind of comment and really talk about episodes now i know on drama fever you can leave comments but vicky there's also a forum and it just seems like i saw vicky just ultimately felt more tied in a community sort of feel than Drama Fever did. Like, Drama Fever is great to just sit back and watch, but I just always found Vicky more interactive and where you can enter the time comments. I've still never done this to this day, but hey, I like to go back sometimes, turn on the time comments, and kind of laugh or enjoy the little tidbits that people share up top because of course sometimes some people explain some really cool things so i'm definitely still planning to go full steam ahead with dramas vicky will be my number one i haven't subscribed to cocoa yet i'm still on the fence i really need to see more dramas in its library that i want to actually watch and until that point comes, I'm kind of on the fence. With Drama Fever being gone, it's very likely that I may upgrade to the Vicky Plus Pass so that I can have Cocoa access. Because at the moment, it's not that important to me, especially because I'm still paying for Netflix too. And I added some expenses too. Uh, it started with a kdrama.com with it being a business plan now. So I kind of uh, put out some extra cash there. And then when we started the podcast, not that I'm complaining because I feel that every moment is worth it that I get to talk dramas and share them with everybody. I don't care if I never make a cent on it. Yeah, maybe it would be nice, but I'm not going to pretend like I'm bothered bothered by it. And I know there's so many other websites and your usual podcasters who you probably enjoy a lot more and are probably a lot more consistent than Tiff and I are. But sadly, we kind of undertook a project when there was a lot of real life issues going on. And I recently, we I absolutely do not condone like making excuses, but I just want to say out there, you know, I, I lost a, a relative last week and it was just kind of tough and really surreal because it was very unexpected and it was very, very hard, especially all that this person left behind and just really, really sad to sit and think about and I really didn't want to air any of that personal stuff because hey you guys don't come here for that but then Tip's also going going through her own issues and I certainly will not go into details about them but she's been having a very difficult time on her end and there are some scary stuff going on in her life that she unfortunately can't control because you can't control what other people do or say for that matter. So Tiff is currently out of town, as I said earlier, and is kind of trying to decompress and deal with what's been going on in her life. So with that being said, um, things have taken a bit of a turn we haven't had a chance to even like get together and be able to even record at all because there was just absolutely no way to do it plus with the the, the last 
flooding that we had in this area, Tiff's apartment's still all ripped up because the people who are doing it are taking their sweet old time. So it's like months of not really having the most habitable place to live. And so when they're working and I try to stay out of the way. So that's kind of why things have been a bit erratic and spread out. Of course, we've been maintaining two podcasts a month. And since I'm not exactly sure the ETA on TIFF returning back to the area, I decided I didn't want to lose us from our... I just felt that I didn't want to lose our dependability with all of you who tune in to listen to us and enjoy us. And I know this episode is nothing like we usually are because I love having the ability for Tiff and I to talk back and forth and maybe have kind of more interesting conversations that way instead of just one person talking to you all. I know it's probably not not the best format because this was not organized at all for me. I'm just going with the flow, just want to sit back and and take some time and talk about the things that really need to be addressed. So we've covered Drama Fever, we've covered Vicky, so a little bit of Netflix. Yes, I still have my subscription to Netflix and I will still be maintaining that. I'm hoping that we'll see even more Korean dramas on there. I know when I've been going through, I've seen a ton of Chinese dramas. But of course, from a mobile standpoint, Netflix isn't always the best to search and find exactly what you want. Which is why sometimes I prefer to be on a desktop version, a full website version of Netflix. I just feel like it's so much better and so much easier to find what you're looking for. And so Netflix currently has Korean, Chinese. I recently mentioned that um, earlier this summer that they started adding some Thai dramas, which was really cool. It's not like a large inventory and it's not like new, new dramas. There's some from like a few years back that I've heard about. I personally never watched them, but I'm familiar with the names. So we definitely have Thai. I'm really hoping one of my other types of dramas that I do like to watch are Filipino dramas. And as I mentioned before, back in the day, I used to have a subscription to TFCTV.com, which is the Filipino channel. And when I started, that's when they, when I started watching on there, that is when they actually just started to add English subtitles on that website. So they were starting to explode and have more of a global international presence. And I did get to start them and I was working through, but if you don't know, Filipino dramas are very, very long. Now the episodes are usually like 20 to 30 minutes a piece, but we're talking there can be over like 150 episodes. So it kind of, it seems like more like an American soap opera format, sort of, in that they air an an episode Monday through Friday. So you got five episodes a week. So you definitely have a lot of content and a steady stream. So it's like, you really, like other dramas, you kind of go through a withdrawal because like I say Korean, you might get two episodes a week, but they air on a Monday and a Tuesday. So you have to wait till that next Monday and Tuesday for them to be available. Whereas I kind of like that with the Filipino dramas, with the Monday through Friday, you only have to suffer through the weekend, which two days is better than seven days, if you ask me, or six days, depending on how many episodes the other dramas are. So I definitely want to try to pick up Filipino dramas some more. Actually, one of Tiff's neighbors is Filipino, and he did spend his childhood in the Philippines. So we're really thinking we'd love to get together and kind of really talk about the heritage, the culture, just really anything about it. Because for me, yes, it started with K-drama, began out of my love for Korean dramas, but it's not the only thing I love. I love culture. 
I absolutely loved when I had a world cultures class back when I was in high school. I always say between that and creative writing, they were like my favorite elective style classes that I just love them. I excelled at them. And, and psychology was another elective that I just absolutely aced and nailed. So going back to cultures and such, um, Tiff has brought this up with the gentleman and he has expressed interest in doing it. So I'd certainly love to put something together for all of you, especially podcast form. See if we're just going to do like a paper Q&A or if he was interested, maybe we can see if we can actually get him on board to do podcasts. Because I mean, how cool would that be to actually get some like authentic kind of Asian information onto the blog and the podcast? Because of course, I do my best, but I myself am not Asian. And I don't pretend to know that much about any other cultures. There is what I know from reading, but experiencing it firsthand and and living through it is completely different than reading it in a textbook or watching it on a drama, because some things are exaggerated, some things aren't true. It's the same way with American dramas. There are things that are exaggerated and that you see in them, and you're like, that is such a bad representation of an American. So the same can be said for other cultures. The portrayals aren't always accurate and authentic, which is why I thought it would be great to get this Filipino gentleman to kind of give us some information. So I would love if you would stop at startwithkdrama.com and go to this post regarding this podcast. If you kind of leave a comment with maybe any kind of questions you have, with uh, regarding uh, the Philippines or anything that could possibly be something I could ask or Tiff could ask, please, please, please leave your comments below. I'm going to put together some questions. I'm sure Tiff is going to be putting together some interview questions as well. But until that point, we could definitely use the feedback. And I know that I have um, people from the Philippines who visit the blog, and I know I have a lot of hits on uh, some of the Filipino posts, which I'm so, so sorry that I got left by the wayside. But at that time, it was so expensive for me to pay for TFCTV.com because it is more than Netflix a month. And when you had back in Back then, when I had Drama Fever, I had Netflix, I had Vicky, and I had all those paid subscriptions. Then add on to the the investments with the website, and I was like, I kind of had to to pull the plug on on one of them, so to speak. So I kind of had to put the brakes on the Filipino dramas. I definitely don't want it to be the end of them, and if you have any interest, if you are from the Philippines and you love your Filipino dramas, like maybe you are um, big, big, maybe forevermore really got you in on Filipino dramas and you just love the the love team, I totally hear you. Um, so with that being said, I would like to expand the podcast and to hopefully kind of talk about like culture related things and fun things and maybe squeeze in little interviews here and there. So this is where I ask all of you, where are you from? If you're from anywhere, it doesn't matter. Are you from the United States? Are you from the Philippines? Are you from Korea? Are you from Australia or Africa or anywhere around the world? And I would really love to kick off this kind of around the world kind of cultural podcast segment where we can have people physically kind of share details of their cultures. Maybe they have great dramas that they want to recommend. Now, of course, if we uh, don't have subtitles available, of course, that may make it harder for some of us to understand, but maybe there is other subtitle content out there that we're completely unaware of. But yes, if you're at all interested and think this would be a good idea, 
please, please, please leave a comment at the blog. I, I want to include as many people as I can, and it's important to me. I started this website for really everyone else. Yes, I kind of enjoyed it initially for my own record keeping and dramas. Yes, I know there is my drama list, but I already have enough websites and that I'm keeping track and updating it. I just loved keeping my own little website with my own little information regarding things. And as time went by and the website started getting more and more views, I really wanted to capitalize on the fact that yes, other people are tuning in and listening and finding content interesting. So I want to continue to make things interesting and enriching for everyone by trying to be more diverse in what we offer. So I really want to really kick off this around the world cultural podcast segment. It's really important to me. I want to get to know everyone. I mean, of course, you don't have to give any private information you don't want to. You can go by a pen name. You don't even have to tell me your first name. I mean, it is all completely up to you. But I just thought it would be a cool little element to just bring something different to the podcast world. So it is not just all reviews or Q&As about Tiff and I. Of course, Tiff and I aren't opposed to answering your questions. But this is a community. And as a community, I kind of want us all to be friends and get to know each other. And I think the easiest way to do that is with these podcast segments and commenting on the blog. And of course, don't forget, I am over on Twitter. My handle is Kimchi Dreams. I do not post there regularly because I'm, I'm, I just, to be frank, don't always have the time to maintain it. But I'm, I'm trying to be more active and present in social media. I mean, you can always, always, if you're a Facebook user, it started with a K-drama is available there. So you can easily find, find us there and leave a comment or send a message. There's so many ways and opportunities to connect with us. And even if you're shy... Listen, I am super shy. Maybe I don't sound like it when I'm podcasting and talking about it, but it took a lot of time. When I first started doing podcasts, I had so much anxiety. I have anxiety to begin with, especially fueled by social anxiety. And no, I may not be personally facing people, but just the thought that people are going to be listening to this. I have to be good. I have to be perfect. I have to do my best. It's just a kind of very stressful, anxious situation. But as time went by, I'm like, this isn't so bad. I like talking. And of course, this whole podcast went off on a tangent, but so I hope you all don't mind. But I really enjoy talking about dramas and building and maintaining this community feel. Now, I don't aspire to be a huge popular website. I mean, there are already great sites out there that do things a million times better than I do. So I'm not here to copy anyone or anything like that. I mean, you want to see some really stellar recaps. I always have fun on Drama Beans. That was sort of my uh, gateway website. I think I used to visit uh, kdramafighting.com with something like that. I haven't been on there in ages. To be honest, I don't actually visit a lot of drama websites because I just typically don't have the time. But I love to connect and get to meet new people. And I'm totally okay with affiliating and linking to other blogs. Even if they don't link back to me, that's not a big deal because, like I said, most blogs are going to be way better and way more consistent with content than I am because I'm typically one person and um, Tiff's usually tied up with a lot of things so kind of a lot falls to me and outside of a full-time job I don't get to dedicate the time that I want because I'm also a caretaker to my grandparents and while 
they can certainly do things for themselves and it's not like they need to be in like a nursing home but there's a lot that's like difficult and hard for them and there's a lot of things that I pick up a slack so I work a full day and then I come home and I help do whatever they need me to do and like I do like most of the shopping and I do a ton of like the cleaning so I'm sure everyone else has all of your like personal obligations and things that you do and you try to find your little time to yourself so that you can watch dramas and my main con conflict with that is once I watched dramas I often didn't have time to sit and pound out a review or any kind of post or content or podcast about it because at that point it'd be like really late and I kind of have to be quiet so I don't disturb anyone else so it can kind of be a bit difficult that is why I typically record podcasts at SIFS because we have the more quiet element but since she is not home we couldn't do that and I'm now podcasting from my phone which I apologize a million times over if the quality is awful. I'm gonna edit the heck out of this content and hopefully there's not like too much background noise and junk so that to at least make this a usable podcast. All right. So anyway, we spent some time talking about Netflix and some of the variety of content available there. And as I said, one day I would love to go back and subscribe to TFC when I have a little extra cash. I'd really love to because I know there are a lot of you out there who are interested in it and I see it by the the hits on those blog posts and it saddens me that I'm kind of stuck and can't finish reviewing where I was. I hate leaving things hanging in the balance, especially if it was something that I loved and never got to finish watching. But I did notice, speaking of like Filipino dramas, I did notice I saw like one or two were showing up under Coming Soon on Netflix. One was like uh, a remake of um, You Who Came From The Stars, which has a, it went by a couple different names so i saw there was that and i think i think there was another one but those were the only two i noticed so i was kind of curious if vicky is getting licensing to more filipino dramas and like that also breeds the question if they do that there is going to be tons and tons of episodes so when these dramas are like 150 some episodes and are already completed because they were older that's going to be a ton to subtitle and is going to take time and I don't know if Vicky has a lot of Filipino subscribers that would subtitle so then the, the question is I don't know um, how often we'd really be able to watch that content so it'd be interesting to see how that is handled because it looks like they just like kind of added like one or two to kind of see how things go and I'm kind of sad that the two that they picked I'm not really into and I'm like of all things that you have to do why pick a remake I wish they would have gotten the licensing for um, some of the other dramas um, like uh, Forevermore, Dolce More there were so many different um, different ones out there and, uh, and I just love uh, how they have love teams and um what is it Enrique and uh Liza Liza yeah Liza Soberano so we I saw I've noticed that I haven't tried to see if there's anything like that on, on Netflix so it could be interested to see if we have a, another style of dramas to watch I'd love to see Filipino dramas be more readily accessible for more people to enjoy because what I've seen I just love them completely and it's sad when when you're so limited and there's so many barriers with seeing content so I'd love to see that would love 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 to see more Thai dramas too of course uh, GMM TV subtitles a bunch which are legal on their website on YouTube so if you go to their YouTube channel there's tons of GMM content that is subtitled and ready to watch but for the most part other stuff is not legal I know when Vicky Vicky used to have a ton of fan channels with 
Thai dramas. One of them that I remember, which was one of my favorites, was uh, Full House, which was the um, remake of the Korean version. And let me tell you, that was super excellent. I love that. That is, I loved it way more than the original. And how often is it that you actually like a remake better than the original? It's almost impossible and it is super rare. So when that happened, I kind of went down the rabbit hole and there was, and I was just like endlessly wanting to watch Thai dramas. But as Vicky was going through changes and with the copyright issues, Thai dramas ended up unfortunately leaving, which really sucked because your only other options was finding other people out there who subtitle Thai dramas and share them, which their options, you can find stuff by Googling. I won't like name drop or anything like that. And however you feel about watching that content is completely up to you. I won't say whether it's a good or bad thing. I won't tell you you should or you shouldn't because I mean, at the end of the day, it's completely up to you how you choose to watch the content. But I also think there is such a good market for Thai dramas. I would love to see them on Netflix and Vicky. I think at one point, I think they used to have some on Drama Fever before I got into K-dramas, but I think there was, don't quote me on this, but I think there was kind of licensing issues and such with that, and I don't think they lasted too long in there. Although the kind of sad thing was Drama Fever, uh, I think had some telenovelas. I never even got into those. So I'm like, I watch so much as it is. And I'm like, I am focused predominantly on like Asian dramas as like my main. And sometimes I'll watch some US content, but there are also I'm kind of like Spanish drama content on Netflix as well. So I can definitely say there is so much out there to watch. And I hate drama fever being gone. I hate it so much. And there's like this negative voice in the back of my head that just like, is this really, you know, kind of the end? Have we seen the worst of things? Are things going to get better? Because I know things get worse before they get better. So I'm hoping like drama fever was that worst rock bottom point and that everything gets better better from here. I'm still going to mourn the loss of the website because, I mean, it was such an important part of Asian drama history, especially with being able to watch subtitled content. I mean, anytime you lose a source of being able to watch content, that majorly sucks. I'm not even going to pretend that it doesn't because it does. And I'm still kind of sad when I think about drama fever and all that we've we've lost. But then I kind of think, well, maybe we're going to ultimately in the long run end up gaining more than we lost. So I'm kind of at this kind of middle of the road where I'm not super angry and I'm not like super happy because of course I'm not happy at all really. But I also feel like there's an optimistic part of me that, that thinks that we have opportunity to capitalize from what happened to hopefully get an explanation and can understand why things happen the way they are and maybe see if just from a viewer standpoint if there's kind of anything that we can do to help support these websites and help keep them relevant of course i really feel like john fever just got the short end to stick when AT&T took over Warner. I don't, I don't think they were really trying to be bad. I just, well, actually that's not true because <laughs> who knows? Because what they did was pretty bad and we don't really know their intentions, but I'm sure they're probably going through stuff and, and weeding out the, the weak links. And I'm probably assuming, assuming with all that Warner has that maybe Drama Fever just wasn't as relevant for AT&T's marketing plans. Maybe they just did not want to shell out money on on this uh, uh, segment of entertainment. Maybe their plan was put focus somewhere else and they chose to get away from them. I don't know. It still was handled poorly and I don't condone 
anything that happened or the way that did. The good thing is that a few days ago, I think it was in the 22nd or 23rd, I did get my prorated refund from Drama Fever. So at least I have my money back. It still doesn't make up for the loss, but like I have a, a few extra dollars to put towards something else. So I guess I'll just, it is what it is and I'll just take it for what it was and try to move on in a hopefully in a positive manner because we've got so much out there to watch and as I said I spend a lot of time with Korean and some Chinese content here and there I do throw in some Thai stuff but I really like to up my game on Thai dramas and hoping that we see some kind of um, more Filipino dramas in the hopes that licensing isn't too tough to acquire, not too expensive. I mean, I just, I don't know, I just realistically speaking don't know if it's something that the small Vicky volunteer team could take on. So hey, Vicky or anyone high up at Vicky, you have a great team of subscribers and I'm sure it would be awesome if they could actually be paid or get some really cool incentives for their work. I mean, yes, I do know it is a volunteer community, but just to put it out there, they are the cornerstone of your website and the reason that people keep coming back and are paying for things. And people constantly get confused with Vicky and Vicky Pass, thinking that subtitles are all bundled in with that. No, they are not. They are provided 100% by volunteers like you and I. No, I'm not a volunteer. Sadly, I am not fluent in any language besides my native language, which I did take Spanish in school, so I do know some Spanish, but I'm not fluent, so I'm not like multi or trilingual like some other people out there are, but I'm trying to learn Korean, so I'm putting that out there. I'm going to work hard and try and do that, so maybe one day if I ever have a little spare time that I can give back to a great community like Vicky and help them subtitle or segment. But I said my main issue is I would love to see them get something out of all the hard work they put forth. Now they don't do it to get paid. They just do it so we can all enjoy the content. And I just think it sucks that, you know, kind of Vicky isn't better to them than they are. I mean, that may be silly, but I just feel like people who put in that much effort, I mean, of course, you know, every time we do something good, I'm not saying that we should expect to be rewarded, but basically what they're doing is keeping Vicky successful and keeping people subscribing and viewing the website and making, helping them make money. So I would love to see them get some kind of like paid people on the, the website to help out or you know or get paid some kind of way based on how much you subtitle or segment there's just so many ways out there that i hope that vicky opens the door towards being generous because that's the only thing that i miss about drama fever was that when a website went live it was 100 percent subtitled so by the time i see an episode upload to vicky it's like noon my time so there are times that it could be eight hours later and of course it takes time to subtitle so it could be eight hours later and some could be like stuck at like 20 percent i remember when i was watching d-day there was like hardly any subbers and they were long episodes and there was like medical lingo and it was hard to really get the content segmented and subtitle fast. I remember there was times like it would be like two weeks until an episode was like 100% subtitled, which hey, I watched many episodes where I loved it and I didn't care. I fully understood that everyone has their limitations as they are only volunteers. So that is my hope that Vicky continues to at least expand and get better. The, the same with Netflix, because I love that once things go on there, they're fully subtitled. So that's kind of the advantage right now that Netflix has. I don't know what their 
rights are going to be to anything. So we have to factor in all of that information. But I really do hope that we're going to continue to see a lot of content. I, I hate the idea of it being harder and harder for websites to license content. I know it's even been harder for Vicky, especially with Cocoa being the major three broadcasters. You don't see them like subbing any of that content because they can't get a license. So you kind of see like a lot of TVN and uh, OCN and a lot of your like cable networks and smaller, smaller things such as that. So I don't know where things will go. I just felt like I really just kind of wanted to sit and just kind of talk and just let things out and just kind of I know it's not organized and that's all over the place there's been like so much going through my mind lately that I'm working on getting a plan of attack and seeing what I can do I have some new new posts for the website I've been watching a few dramas uh for instance I've been watching Wind Stars Land on Vicky I'm also, um, slowly in between things, I'm watching a um, Chinese drama that is on Vicky as well, which I will probably mention soon. It's just kind of more of like a filler drama, so it's not something that I'll probably like heavily blog about because I think it's like 40-ish episodes long. So sometimes when some of the dramas are that long, <clears throat> I tend not to do a lot of posts about them. I tend to kind of bundle into one or two posts or current thoughts, little things like that. I'm also um, watching The Smiles Left Your Eyes. You know I can never get enough of Songuk and Jung Soman. She was the first K-drama actress that I saw in a drama back in Playful Kiss and I just feel like she has like absolutely nailed every role since and I go out of my way to watch her dramas and then of course the same can be said for Songo. I I've watched most of his dramas I think there's like one or two that I'm that I really haven't seen but when I started watching him I was hooked and let me tell you I did a was it a five or ten reasons I think I did like a five reasons you should be watching this drama on my blog within the past week or so things have been a bit blurred so I'm trying to recall and I have to tell you I am loving that drama I love that is kind of like this really kind of like dark questionable side to Songuk's character like I constantly say like I feel like he's just constantly towing the line between good and bad like he really doesn't care about much and it's like he's had like his own traumatic childhood and he's got his own back scar and it's like what in the world is going on with Kim Moo Young and that is Songook's character, just so you know if I refer to Moo Young, that's so you know what I'm <coughs> talking about. So we have this really um, like intriguing element where Songook and Jung Soo-min's character, they're really kind of like drawn to each other and there's like so much like intensity and like emotion and they're so electrified. It's like anytime they're on screen, I know that I mentioned that they're I really feel their, their chemistry is just like electric and when you have uh Jung Soman's character um Jin Kong who is a very kind of hardworking, honest normally happy person but you constantly see her standing up to Moo Young and sticking it to him and telling him when he's being an ass or he's playing games and it's not cool and you know Moo Young just doesn't seem to give a crap about anyone but he seems to be so so curious when it comes to to Jin Kong that he's like stuck to her like glue and just and then there's just like this mystery element with this murder that Moo Young is embroiled in and kind of seems like evidence sort of points to him but then it really doesn't but Moo Young doesn't really go out of his way to clear it he's kind of really incriminates himself a lot of the time which I'm kind of curious if he just enjoys people thinking the worst of him all the time like he just honestly doesn't care about people so he'll just literally tell people 
what he thinks they want to hear. And sometimes he kind of plays around and like manipulates. But this drama has seriously, there's been a lot of adrenaline. And there's been a lot going on. We've recently had some deaths on the show, which, you know, spoiler alert, I'm not going to say who has died, just because I'm not sure how many of you may or may not be watching or caught up. But things have taken a really intriguing turn, and I am continue to be really engrossed in the story, and I'm really on pins and needles for for next week's episodes especially now that we kind of see Jin Kong wanting to stay away from Mu Young. Yes, she is drawn to him and yes, she was like so upset when he was like missing and other times when he got hurt. I mean, she is very emotionally invested in him and there's definitely feelings in the mix that have also added to things but i will say that i'm just loving the writing and the atmosphere and the music i think currently this has like a 9.6 rating on vicky the last i checked and when you see the high ratings like that you definitely know that you're watching quality drama. Now, is definitely not everyone's cup of tea, but I kind of love the element to it because with it being like October and Halloween, I just kind of like this sort of darker element to it, especially because Mu Young was so like misunderstood and he really plays up this bad boy role, but he's really not and he really spends all his time alone. But he ends up taking in this orphan cat and raising it and enjoying his company. So you see that like he is good also it's it's so hard to really understand he is such a complex layered character and it's like Songo just has this way even with looking and his body expressions that you can just always like connect to his character sometimes it just kind of gives me shivers the way he says things especially when he's uh messing with uh Jin Kong's older brother I always get a, a kick out of that because he he has no no problem in putting him through the, the ringer and um letting him think what he will about the character kind of the intriguing part is why does Mu Young get so much satisfaction out of like upsetting others and letting them think the worst of him such as you know being a murderer and such kind of intriguing like what psychological issue is going on and also didn't it really really makes you wonder and then there was a thing where songook's character mu young was an orphan so we knew that when he was young he went to the orphanage and that is where he stayed until he was kind of old enough to go on his own and when he showed up to a funeral i believe it was or something someone's death related to the orphanage they kind of saw him and they were the the nuns and they were sort of and it wasn't like a bad kind of looking like they were excited to see him so it kind of makes me think that yeah he grew up as an orphan but i'm thinking he had a good experience at the orphanage so i'm kind of wondering what's happened to him between like then and now because he's like always so alone and by himself and when I think of him being that lonely it just really breaks my heart we know there's so much more going on on the surface and the fact that Jin Kong is um also connected to what's going on I won't drop like spoilers but it seems like uh Jin Kong and Mu Young have some kind of connection because he kind of seems to interact with her like that he knows her and I mean before they met as adults like he seems to know her from childhood so it was kind of interesting to <clears throat> kind of learn the full story and like I just really want to know the, the full story and really wrap my head around what the heck happened to Mu Young that he's as, as damaged as he is I mean, it looks like, well, actually, I can't say this because this was probably a spoiler, but you saw kind of like where he had like a flashback dream memory of um, traumatizing event from his childhood. So I can kind of see where 
things really changed for him and that he kind of didn't have a good childhood. So there's really, I just really don't know what to really think of his character. And I think even Jin Kong is kind of like fed up with him too, because it just is so hard to kind of understand him. But lack of understanding aside, there is a ton to love about this drama. I will just state it plainly because I, I don't want to go into spoilers because I've already said some things that could be spoilerish. So before I get too deep into it, since it is a review, I will just say that if you love the kind of story with sort of a main character who is kind of twisted and toes that line between good and bad. Um, so and Gook's Kim Woo Young definitely fits the bill, especially because his character is so mysterious and there are so many elements that we are missing. And as the story develops, we keep learning all these little tidbits more and more about him that, yes, there is a lot about him that is misunderstood. So I really am interested in seeing how all of that comes to head and if it is possible for Mu Young and Jin Kong to actually have a healthy relationship together. I mean, there's honestly no knowing. Other than that, I'm also, well, last night I started a movie on Netflix called Bleach which, yes, you may be familiar with the uh, anime and manga regarding that. I'm very, very unfamiliar. So I'm about... I'd say I watched about a half hour of it last night before I fell asleep. And I plan to finish that and maybe talk about that on the blog. Especially because Tiff is more of our Japanese anime person. So it'd be kind of interesting if... We get together and we could actually talk and sort of review that series, especially because she has some more background knowledge on Bleach than I do. Like, I didn't research anything before it. I just thought, oh, I know there's the anime, manga, whatever for Bleach. So I'm like, oh, there now there is a movie that's pretty new. Let's check it out. That, yes, it is in Japanese, so you will be watching it in subtitles if you're not fluent in Japanese. So that's another interesting project I've started. There are a few things that I saw on Vicky. I think, I don't know if it's still coming soon or if it was released. The was the Mama Fairy and Woodcutter drama. I expressed interest in that earlier in the year. Um, speaking of that, other things that I mentioned earlier in the year, there was a movie mojito that was to star um sung Jun, and i expressed a lot of interest in that because he's like this uh guy who's like afraid of the dark so he runs a freaking bar during the day so it was but he's also like kind of broke but he's like a chable heir at the same time. So I thought that was intriguing. But I remember, I think Drama Fever was supposed to have some kind of part in the production of that. Oh, I know I haven't really heard anything about it. So I'm hoping that didn't fall through the cracks. If you know anything, please leave a comment at the blog. I'm hoping to do a little research after this, especially because there were some dramas that I think that were scheduled to air this year that I haven't seen anything um, any further information regarding them, and I'm really curious because, like, Mojito was, like, one of the top three that I was looking forward to later in the year because Sung Jun is another favorite of mine that I, um, watched early in my drama days, and I've seen quite a few of his dramas, and I, I tend to like him in most of them. Not all of them. There were some that were kind of, kind of little iffy and not so great for me. So Mojito is on my list to check that out again. There were also, I think, some Chinese dramas that I've also 
expressed an interest in that I'm keeping an eye on in Vicky. Now, a lot of these typically are long and like more of like a period movie. Well, period drama and have like fantasy elements to them, which sometimes can be hit or miss for me. And I know these Chinese dramas tend to be very long. Like if you're going into it, be prepared to invest a lot of time into these. So to end on a positive note, lots of good things to come, kind of taking in the good with the bad, and while, you know, we're all thinking of this kind of sucky situation that we're all feeling the after effects from, I want to keep a more positive element going here. So I'm going to do my best not to keep bringing up the drama fever thing. That's why I wanted to do this podcast. We just sort of once and done, discuss it, get it over with. Now I would have loved to talk about this with Tiff, especially because she is a more recent drama watcher, but I can always get her opinions and we could always throw it in a quick post. But my main goal was just to kind of get some information out there and Like I said, ultimately, a lot doesn't change for me. I will still be blocking away and watching dramas. You know, Vicky's like my safe haven and my main number one. So as long as nothing changes with that, fingers crossed, everything should remain the same. And we'll get working on 100 Days My Prince and finding time to get together so we can wrap up the rest of our podcast review if you are still interested in us finishing out the podcast review please also visit the blog and let us know because it's very important to me that i not only focus on things that interest me but things that interest you as well so with that said i think i've prattled on enough all by myself (laughs) probably be our longest podcast to date so i'm by the time you hear this i've probably done a a decent bit of editing to cut out what all wasn't necessary or repetitive so also if you kind of are still upset by the drama fever thing just if you need someone to talk to i said you can always come to the blog or to the facebook page or tweet me on the kimchi dreams which is the blog's twitter page i mean we can always always talk even anonymous anonymously you can say as much or as little as you want so i know sometimes in these situations that you just need to vent your frustrations whether it's vocally or just typing it out letting it go so we can all move forward and for me the best way for me to move forward was just to do this podcast and kind of talk about it and see what options we have going forward i mean i'm not stingy or scrooge so i'm like the more places to watch k dramas the better of, of course that could also be a bad thing because it could end up putting other websites out of business if it becomes way too successful and if one website gets way more licensing than the other so i know there's always those complications And then there's the fact of paying subscriptions. But as far as now is concerned is if you at least have Vicky, you still have a huge, huge library of content to watch. If you made this far, we must have done something right. Thank you for watching and supporting our podcast, which is hosted by Castos. If anyone has any suggestions for future segments or recommendations for other shows to watch, Please feel free to leave us a comment on this blog and start with thekdrama.com. Also, we did mention we have Discord now. If you have the time, please also take a moment to rate this podcast and leave us comments. We are available through Castos, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Until next time, annyeong! Annyeong!